Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep! P-E-P Pep! Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman! Today we begin a brand new Superman adventure, an adventure packed with mystery and action and fun with the most surprising detective you've ever met, Horatio F. Horn. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, uh, is your appetite all primed to eat hearty when you show up at the breakfast table in the morning? Well, it's bound to be if there's a bowl of Kellogg's Pep waiting for you, and it'll get an extra lift if you'll treat yourself to a peach rocket. That's this week's pep dish of the week, you know. And it's a knockout. Try it tomorrow. First, line the sides of your breakfast bowl with slices of firm, ripe peaches. Arrange them so that they're they're pointing up, you know, like rockets. Pour your serving of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, in the middle so the peaches show up above the flakes. Then, milk and sugar, and that's all it takes to make a peach rocket, a dish that'll make your appetite really skyrocket. You see, Kellogg's Pep does something for the fruit. It's crisp and and it's crunchy and teases your taste so that you keep right on eating until your bowl is polished off clean. And you know, it's very important not to waste cereal nowadays when we're sending the cereal grains to fellows and girls across the seas. So gang, be sure to eat all your peps. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. When the local telegrapher in the tiny hamlet of Squeen Run, Ohio, transcribed a certain message, he stared at it unbelievingly, then leaped through the telephone and called the Daily Planet newspaper in Metropolis. Unable to contact editor Perry White, the telegrapher, who was also the local correspondent for the planet, began bombarding White with letters and telegrams, demanding that at least two top-notch reporters be sent to Squeen Run at once to cover a story of world-shaking importance. White's annoyance increased as the telegrapher correspondent wired that he was coming to Metropolis in person and then sent almost hourly wires announcing his progress on his journey. As we continue now, the gray-haired editor at the end of his patience has summoned Clark Kent and Lois Lane to his office. Listen. And just five minutes ago, Beanie brought me another telegram from this this crackpot announcing that he will arrive here in the Daily Planet office at three o'clock. Three o'clock? Hmm, it's just five to three now. It is? Good gravy. Well, now, look, Chief. What's all the fuss about? For the life of me, I can't see why you You don't... can't see why I don't want this place cluttered up with, with small-town correspondents who want to sell me what they call front-page stories out in, in Squeen Dunk. I thought you said it was Squeen Run. Oh, what's the difference? Squeen Dunk or Squeen Run. I want one of both of you to intercept that, that character and keep him out of my hair. Oh, or... wait a minute. Or... Wait a minute. Take it easy. Maybe this guy's really got a big story. What? 
Are you kidding? No, isn't it possible that he Just stumbled on... Just the same, the... I don't want to see him. You understand? Tell him I've gone to India, China, or... Uh, excuse me, mister. Well, what do you want, nuisance? Nothing, except there's a character... I mean, a gentleman outside who said you were expecting him at 3 o'clock. Uh-oh. Right on time. Well, you tell him I'm not in. And I'm not into anyone for the rest of the day. You get that? Yes, sir. I'll tell him, but... Hold it, Jeannie. Said... Hold it. Who is this man? Why, he said his name is... Horatio F. Horn, sir. What? Queen Run correspondent for the great Metropolis Daily Planet. At your service, sir. No. Oh, look there, mister. You've got no it's, right It's to... all right, Jeannie. It's all right. You may go now. Yes, yes. Get out of my sight, or bite George. Okay, I... okay, but I don't know what you're so sorry now, sir, you, I assume, are Mr. Perry White, my editor. You're editor. Uh, that's right, Mr. Horn. Yes, uh, I'm Clark Kent, and this is Miss Lois Lane. How do you do, Mr. Uh, uh, Horn, is it? Yes, Horatio F., uh, for Frank, Horn. Uh, I've long admired the repertorial work of each of you, and it is both a delight and a pleasure to be professionally associated with you. Oh, this is too much. Why, thank you. The pleasure's all mine. Well, thank you, Miss Lane. Uh, we think you've done a fine job of reporting local events in Queen Run, Mr. Horn. Such praise from a reporter of your caliber and standing, Mr. Kent, is very flattering indeed. Uh, thank you, Mr. Horn. Is it asking too much for this lovely meeting of the Alphonse and Gaston Mutual Admiration Society? Be adjourned just long enough for me to find out what in blazes brings our, our esteemed colleague from Sweden? Uh-uh. Queen Run, sir. What brings you here from wherever it is? A scoop, sir. A stupendous news beat. Really? Yes, a momentous news story of world-taking importance. You've said that before in two long letters and six collect telegrams. Now, will you please be more explicit? Yes, please do tell us what event of universal interest is brewing in Queen Run. Oh, nothing of such vital proportions ever happened as Queen Run, Miss Lane. Then what in thunder have you been writing and talking about? Well, I never said, sir, or even implied that the locale for this tremendous scoop was Queen Run. It's a... What? Well, it's just that, uh, as detective, I was able Detec to... Det Are you a detective, Mr. Horn? Well, certainly. <laughs> did I, uh, neglect to tell you that? You sure did. Good Godfrey, what next? See, here is my badge, and here's a card which identifies me as a bona fide graduate of the FCSDI. FCD what? FCSDI. Oh. Famous correspondence school detective institute, from which I am proud to say I was graduated summa cum laude. Well, that's fine. That's just uh, great. Uh, go on, Mr. Horn. You were saying... Oh, yes, yes. As a detective, I was able to decode a telegram referring to the well-known atomic scientist, Professor Alonzo Sturgeon. And that's well, what... Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Where did you get hold of a telegram about Professor Sturgeon? Why, I, I intercepted it. You... How? Very simply. You see, I just... Uh, oh, dear, how stupid of me. I... I forgot to tell you that uh, I am also the telegraph operator in Squeen Run. You, you are? No, 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 this is too much. Newspaper correspondent, detective, telegraph operator. Is there anything else you do there? Oh, why, yes. Every Saturday uh, never I Never mind that uh, now, Mr. Horn. Let's get back to the telegram about the famous Professor Sturgeon, shall we? Do you uh, have a copy of it with you, Mr. Horn? Oh, certainly not. The rules of the telegraph company expressly prohibit such practice. They do. Uh, I see. Well, uh, but tell us how you happened to intercept this message. Well, sir, it, it happened a few days ago when the cable crossing at Blandon was washed out, and for nearly 12 hours I was kept at my key relaying message to local circuits. Early in the morning, my attention was attracted to a particular message for two reasons. First, Mr. White, because it was addressed to you. To me? Uh, correct, sir. It was addressed to Perry White, Maple Lodge, Nestville. Maple Lodge? Well, I never even heard of the place. Why should anyone want to wire me up there? Obviously, someone is using your name for some nefarious purpose. And as a detective, it was immediately obvious that the code message was never meant for you. How did you know the message was in code? Elementary, my dear Miss Lane, elementary. You see, the message, as it was written, made no sense. Uh, neither do you, for my money. Oh, you do me a great injustice, Mr. White. As you will see in a moment, 
Now, by applying the rules as propounded in my detective manual, I decoded the message to read as follows. <clears throat> Airship Big Fish Atom, not later than July 2nd. That's today. Do you get that? Certainly not. Doesn't make sense to me. Uh, tell me, how do you get a reference to Professor Sturgeon out of that, Mr. Horn? From the two words, Big Fish. Big Fish, Sturgeon. Simple, hey? Oh, yes, yes, very simple. Seems rather far-fetched to me. Oh, no, not at all, not at all. Now, now, look. Since Professor Sturgeon is one of the greatest living authorities on the atom, the connection is obvious because, A, the very fact that it was coded implies something of great and vital importance, something secret. B, the fact that it was addressed to Perry White and yet was not meant for our Perry White implies an attempt to make it appear innocuous. Uh, do you follow me so far? No. Uh, go on, Mr. Horn. Uh, on, let's please. see. Uh, where was I? Oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. A, B, and now, now, see. See, the current world interest in atomic energy coupled with the implied secrecy and vital importance makes it obvious that the words big fish and atom, unquote, refer to Professor Sturgeon, one of the greatest authorities on atomic fission, you see. Atomic fission. Uh, yes, it begins to make sense to me, too. I seem to see a glimmer of light, too. Well, I don't. So far as I'm concerned, this is a lot of dribble dreamed up in the lame brain of a correspondence school detective. And I'll have none of that. Now, look, Chief. You heard what I said, Kent. Well, and so did you, Mr. Horatio F. for French Horn. So take your pony scoop story back to screen run and don't bother with me again with anything but local but, news. But, 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 Mr. White, you're making... You heard what I said, now beat it. Kent, for the love of heaven, take him out of here before I really blow my top. <laughs> Give the chief for acting like that, Mr. Horn. Yes, you see, he's just gone through a very trying experience in which he narrowly escaped death. Yes, I, I understand. Just the same, I've never been so humiliated in my life. The way I feel right now, I'm, I'm tempted to sever my connection with the Daily Planet and offer my services to the blade. Oh, no, no. Uh, don't I, do that. Don't uh -huh. do anything like that. I, I believe there's something in your story about danger to Professor Sturgeon. So do I. Did you? Yes. Now, tell me, have you made an attempt to contact Professor Sturgeon to see if he oh, might yes, recognize... Yes, indeed I have. Three times I called him long distance, but each time I was not allowed to talk with him personally. His butler insisted the doctor was not available. Oh, I see. I Today, see. when I arrived in Metropolis, I called again. No one answered. Maybe he's out of town. Impossible. I happen to know that he's supposed to stand by for a rush call from Operation Crossroads, the atom bomb project at Bikini. Oh, you may have received that call and rushed out there. That's right. Well, perhaps, but I still feel uneasy. Well, I don't know why, but... If it'll set your mind at ease, let's run out to Professor Surgeon's place. Maybe we'll find someone there who can give us more information. Bully idea by Gulliver. Let's go. Still more curious than alarmed, Clark Kent drives Lois Lane and their peculiar colleague, Horatio F. Horn, out to the suburban home of Professor Alonzo Surgeon, eminent atomic scientist. What will they find there? We'll know more in just a moment. So stand by for the tense climax of today's episode. Say, gang, how'd you make out with breakfast this morning? Hope you ate the hearty sort of meal that helped start your day on high. And believe me, you can hardly miss if Kellogg's Pep heads the menu. Because Pep is so terrific, you'll want to eat hearty. First off, it looks neat in the dish, all golden and, and crisp and toasty. Then when you spoon up those tender whole wheat flakes, you get a slick treat in that sparkling sunshine flavor. Why, Pep is even called the Sunshine Cereal. And is it good for you? Why, you just ask Mom about the solid nourishment that comes in whole wheat. No kidding, gang. Kellogg's Pep has the old stuff that makes breakfast a mighty smooth meal. 
So keep on the sunbeam. Eat up every single spoonful of Kellogg's pep in your bowl. And keep in mind that nowadays, the cereal grains are being sent to fellows and girls all over the world. So you wouldn't want to waste cereal. When Mom brings Kellogg's pep home from the grocers, appoint yourself a committee of one to help guard against waste. If you pour your own pep, pour it carefully and polish off every bit you pour out. Remember, eat all your pep. Don't waste it. Satisfy the uneasiness felt by the Daily Planet's eccentric local correspondent from Queen Run, Horatio F. Horn, who claims to have decoded a mysterious message indicating danger to Professor Alonzo Sturgeon, Clark Kent drove Horn and Lois Lane to the atom scientist's suburban home, where we find them now. Isn't it lovely out here in the country? Beautiful, perfectly beautiful. Uh, did you ring the bell, Miss Kent? No use. There's no one home. Oh, now, really, Clark, how can you tell that? Well, I I just know that's all. Well, let's ring anyhow and see. Now, now here it is. And I tell you, that's a waste of time. What's more, something's happened here that makes me think that message you decoded meant business, Mr. Horn. Really? What do you mean, Clark? Come inside and I'll show you. I think the door's open. Right, Conover, it is open. That's strange. Not half so strange as what may have happened to Professor Sturgeon. Look there, in the study. Good heavens. Why, why, the place is a shambles. As if there'd been a terrible fight. Shocked. Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Horatio Horn stare in horror at the obvious signs of a terrific struggle, which give mute testimony to the fate that has befallen the great atom bomb scientist. What has happened to Professor Sturgeon? Has the eminent authority on atomic energy fallen into the hands of ruthless fascist seekers after world domination? A real job develops for Superman in this new and exciting adventure. One that taxes the superhuman powers of the man of steel to the utmost. So don't miss a single thrilling episode. Tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is the copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Say, gang, think of all the famous names you know, and you'll think of, Ke of Kellogg, the greatest name in cereal. Then you'll think of Kellogg's shredded wheat. Makes breakfast loads of fun. Crisp, tender biscuits of whole wheat, toasted just right and packed with natural nut-sweet flavor. Just the right size, too, made to fit the bowl. As for nutrition, well, Mom knows that whole wheat is mighty good for you. And for economy, she likes the 15. 15 biscuits in every package. Try Kellogg's shredded wheat. You'll like it. And be sure to be with us tomorrow for the thrilling adventures of Superman. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.